Thank you, all those on the platform. If you have your Bibles, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, open there. One verse we're going to read tonight. And there are certain sermons that you would say are for a particular group of people or a particular segment of people going through certain things or certain issues, but I would say that this sermon will involve every single person here. It's not a sermon that you can say, well, that's for them and not for me. Because we all have a common tendency that we face in our walk with God. And it has to do with spiritual dullness. The preacher was known for his loud preaching. One day a lady with a hearing problem said, Preacher, I want to thank you for preaching loud for those of us who are hard of hearing. The preacher responded, Thank you, Mom, but actually I preach loud for the hard-headed rather than the hard-of-hearing. But how many know the reality is that over time some of our spiritual senses can begin to dull? There's a reality that we face. Now, the Bible uses this language. that We're going to visit some scriptures tonight and gives us this understanding that over time, our spiritual hunger can begin to fade and be replaced by other appetites. We can become very uninspired and lose interest in our calling and in our ministry in relationships with God's people. This can become a serious problem if it's allowed to have free reign in your life. And so I want to tackle this topic, and I've called this sermon Overcoming spiritual dullness because I don't want to bum you out and leave you in a hole thinking you can't get out because you can but it's a decision you're going to have to make tonight and I want to read one verse of scripture and preach on overcoming spiritual dullness Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge then he must use more strength but wisdom brings success So I want to first consider the problem of spiritual dullness. So our text is addressing a dull axe. If you've ever chopped wood before, used an axe, you know that it's a a very laborious type of um, uh, an event. And over time, that axe head goes dull. And he's addressing that in this text. And there's a parallel to be drawn here. Because we use a term, if you stick around a while, you'll hear it. It's the term cutting edge. And we use that in reference to the type of a spirit we want as Christians, a cutting edge. And what we want to see produced in our spiritual lives. And it's a picture of a cutting instrument with a sharp edge, easily cuts with little effort. I was thinking in terms of of filleting fish. Because when you get a fish and, you know, for those of you that have never eaten sushi and you just think it's a piece of raw fish thrown on there, it's treated. Because if you just take a piece of fish and put it in your mouth, you're not going to be able to eat it very well. So it's tough and you have to cut through and when you fillet a fish, there's the layer of skin. And so this particular knife is not only very sharp, but it's a certain type of an edge. And as they begin to fillet, they flip it under and they're able to take it off as close to the skin as they can get and get a perfect fillet out of that. Now, if you begin to 
fillet a fish with a different type of knife, many times you will butcher the meat or leave all sorts of skin attached. What we're dealing with is the type of edge we have in our lives or not. And I'm talking right now about the problem of spiritual dullness because we are prone to losing our edge. This is true for all of us. There are seasons, uh, and there's not a person here that is always constantly 100% on the edge, uh, cutting through it all. uh, But I would dare to say there are many here tonight that you uh, are are missing your edge in, in a very distinctive way. And in this text, it says, If the axe is dull... And one does not sharpen the edge, then he must then use more strength. So when you use an axe and it becomes dull, you have to take time out to resharpen that edge or a process of weariness and fatigue will begin to settle in upon the one that is using that axe. And I'm going to go into this more in a few moments, but this is what begins to take place as you're serving God. And you have a dull spirit, but you're trying to conduct the business of the kingdom. It produces a greater level of weariness. And this would perhaps even uh, explain to you some of why you say, well, I'm still involved and I'm still doing this, but I just feel so tired. We just think we're too busy, but that's not always the problem. So Jesus addresses this. In Matthew 13, 15, he, he links this as a spiritual condition. He says, for the hearts of the people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes have become closed unless they see with their eyes and hear with their ears unless they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So he's talking to the Jewish people who had once had an ear to hear. They once had eyes to see, hearts to understand, but have grown dull and now are missing the essence of what God is saying. They're, they're missing the whole flow of what God is doing uh, because of this condition uh, of spiritual dullness. Uh, and you're going to have a really hard time discerning uh, some of the decisions and the, the calls that are made in the kingdom of God if you're on the edge of dullness uh, because you're not going to be able to understand. You're going to be missing something. Things that are meant to bring deliverance from a pulpit. Statements that are made, instead of bringing deliverance, they'll bring offense to your spirit uh, because you're dull and there's something in you that cannot comprehend. So decline is associated with Adam's fall. When Adam fell, this was the beginning of all decline. And if you look now at the world that we live in, There's so much at work today, the temptations, the difficulties, the distractions, the attractions, uh, that it's all at work against our spiritual condition. And it doesn't take much to find ourselves in a place of spiritual dullness or feeling separated from God. Come to a place where you begin to sense that something has shifted, uh, but you don't know what to do. Unmotivated for His purposes, and going through the motions. Now, there are some specific things that contribute to spiritual decline, and it would be easy just to throw the word sin out there, but that's uh, just one of several things. But things that contribute to spiritual decline, one would be excessive worry. That one might have caught you off guard, because you wouldn't consider worry something that would cause spiritual dullness. 
But worry is a form of unbelief. Not the fact that you had something and you worried and concerned yourself and then you got victory and gave it to God. But worry, something that consumes you. It's the dictating mood of your life oftentimes. It's a form of unbelief. And our spiritual lives are directly linked to faith. What we do requires faith. And so Jesus said in Matthew 6.34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, which is the NIV I just read. And so think about this, because constant worry drains a person of the ability to stay plugged into spiritual activity. That's, that's, the, that's just the nature of how worry works. It slowly deteriorates and eats away. Why? Because it's a form of unbelief. You cannot prosper in the Christian life if unbelief is at work in your life in, in a stronghold manner. And so not exercising faith because faith rejuvenates our spiritual focus and our spiritual activity as we continue going. Another thing that contributes to this spiritual dullness is the cares of life. Now Jesus addressed this as well. He touched on this in His parable of the different types of ground and the seed that was planted. And in Matthew thirteen twenty two, now he who received seed among the thorns is he that heard the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So the seed of God's word that is planted in us, which causes us to respond to salvation to be saved, cannot compete with excessive other pursuits and cares of life. And when I say that, I'm talking about the priorities and and the things that begin to push us off the mark of a healthy prayer life. And we're talking about spiritual dullness being a result of other things moving in and pushing out our daily habits of prayer and Bible reading and attending to God's Word in church services. Once you're spiritually dull, you you get very little of what God wants you to get out of a church service. Very little. And we really have to rely as preachers on a Holy Ghost element that I'm not going to try to micromanage God's Word into your heart. God is going to have to do that by His Spirit. But it's very hard when this issue's at work because of the cares of life that have created spiritual dullness. The third thing would be unresolved issues. You cannot maintain unresolved issues like offense or anger, discouragement or weariness and still maintain your cutting edge. It can't be done. And some of you maybe are finding that out. That you've maintained unresolved issues over time and and they've been your undoing because they slowly bring a, a dullness to your life and there comes a point of conflict within you and your spiritual man will pay the price with a process of dullness that begins to settle in. And then there's, fourthly, a lack of spiritual disciplines. It's amazing to me how many of God's people are attempting to serve God without a vibrant, flourishing prayer life and appetite for God's Word. I don't know how you think you're going to do it. I don't know what you think you're trying to do. But we're supposedly pursuing God and and trying to stay clean and and live for God and keep the victory, but we don't have a a consistent prayer life. I don't don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know 
what you think you're doing or, or what your plan is, but it's not going to work. All that happens is a slow process of spiritual dullness and, and the Spirit of God must be fed. The Spirit of God must be fed or a slow process of less of God and more of us settles in. And this is why Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. This becomes a deficiency and contributes to the problem spiritual dullness. Now let me talk secondly then about the offspring of spiritual dullness. In this text, he says if you do not sharpen the axe, you're going to spend more energy. So think about this because here's a reality that we have to face. Once you become dull, once you become uninspired, it accelerates weariness. So think about this link with me. You're now trying to maintain God in your life, God in your ministry, and other things, but spending so much more energy because your axe is dull. I mean, we're already busy enough in life. There's already enough going on in in the 21st century of just trying to live life and raise families and work jobs, and and that, that alone, much less support a kingdom. And be a witness and, and have a relationship with God and, and fulfill our ministry. And so if, if you're trying to do this with a dull axe, you're going to spend even more energy and it is going to even be more counterproductive. And you're going to come to an end of yourself. The longer that we stay in a place of spiritual dullness, the harder it becomes to get out of it. I'm going to read you a portion of a letter. Now, this letter was written in the 1700s, so it's going to have a little bit of language of that day. In England, by a Christian man, or a man that was trying to keep his salvation. So listen to what he says. I have, through a great multiplicity of worldly affairs and a deep engagement to them, lost that savor and relish for divine things I once experienced and am become a sad stranger to that real communion with God, which was hitherfore my chief joy, used to be my chief joy. And I am so greatly declined in the Christian life that I can sometimes omit the duties of secret prayer and meditation, and at other times I perform them with formality and coldness, but yet am no way suitably affected with my sad defections. He says, you know, I go through this. Sometimes I can just blow prayer off altogether. Or other times I'm, I'm involved, but I'm just really disconnected. And it doesn't seem to really affect me. In, a, in other words, he's, he's already pretty far gone. Indeed, sometimes I have been helped to bemoan my sad case before God and to plead with the blessed Jesus, the great and good physician, to heal And help me. But alas, things remain with me as before. I tried, but this all seems the same. And if therefore, if there be any alteration in my case, I really think it's for the worse. That's a dilemma. That's a serious dilemma. But I dare to say there's some here tonight that could have wrote that letter this week. Because when we do not guard our spiritual appetites... And when we do not guard our spiritual disciplines, we quickly begin to fade to this place of formality 
and coldness. Everything we do now just becomes kind of a, 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 a motion, a going through the motions. When was the last time you can honestly say that God has deeply touched and moved and convicted your life? And then how often does that happen? Because this is one of the things that begins to be seriously affected in spiritual dullness. Once you are in this place, things like prayer... And Bible reading becomes such a task and a labor. Oh, it's so hard. You know, things that are supposed to be something that are just a flow of the Christian life. I, I love to touch heaven in, in prayer. And I, and I love to, to partake of His Word. But they become such a, a labor to the place we just don't do them very often because it's so hard to maintain. And Which only exacerbates the spiritual condition even more. Some serious things begin to go wrong in your life the longer this condition stays in place. So listen to what's said in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So this writer identifies their condition as one of being dull of hearing. Okay, so think about this. a spiritual condition. This condition has retarded their maturity as Christians. He says that you ought to be teachers, but you still have need of someone to teach you. So while they should be maturing and growing and into leadership, and whether that's over your home or in a ministry or in the church or wherever at work, you're, you're maintaining a, a immaturity because of this issue of dullness. And another critical area that is affected is you lack in discernment concerning good and evil. So the lack has now touched an area that if it is not fixed will cause a measure of shipwreck in your life and certainly some very bad decisions... Because now your ability to determine potential situations, surroundings, and people that represent evil is not where it should be. So you're going to miss some critical things that come your way that have a spiritual content. You're going to miss them by a mile. And you're going to think those that that discerned it are just off their rocker, extremist, over-spiritual, sounding the alarm because you're spiritually dull and you begin to lose this. So there are three particular areas that are affected over time. The first of those, as you maintain this spiritual dullness, is you become entangled again in the yoke of carnality and sin. Okay, when we say a yoke, we're talking about something that is upon you and in dictating your actions. Two things that Paul tells the believers in, in uh, Galatia, in, in 
Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, he, he first says this. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Now think about what he's saying. So you began your walk with God. It was spiritual. We, we understand that. We knew our need for prayer and reading our Bible, and we tried to let that affect us to be a witness and a testimony for Christ. But as time has gone on, all of a sudden they're doing all the same things, but they're not doing it with the same disciplines. Now, where they once were in the Spirit, now they're functioning in the flesh. And he says, are you so foolish that you've begun in the Spirit that somehow you can be made perfect in the flesh now? And in in the heavier case, in the reality, they were going back to circumcision and the issues of the law that they had been delivered from. And then he says to them in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Entangled again in the yoke of bondage. If you do not address the ailment of spiritual dullness in your life, you're going to find yourself trying to serve God in the flesh, and you're going to find that it doesn't work, and eventually you will find yourself once again in the bondages and the yokes that God took you out of. And then you have one of two choices. You can get convicted and repent, or you can begin to create theologies and justifications so that you can maintain those things But this is a dangerous place to be in. Another area that is affected over time is weariness becomes your status. Now we're talking about spiritual things. The Bible says not to become weary in doing well. So it's saying that as we're going about the business of the kingdom of God, don't become weary in doing that good work. Now why would he say that? You think as Christians, you know, we're just all in for God, right? But you will find yourself seeing everything as a burden and a weary endeavor over time if you remain spiritually dull. And you cannot last like this. Because what will happen, and I've seen it happen many times, I've felt it trying to happen in my life at times, is you'll eventually move on to other interests in life. And I'm not talking about that, uh, and, and I'm not even talking about sin necessarily. But I'm just talking about we're just going to lock in over here, reinvest ourselves in the things that do stimulate your passion and do get you going in life. And your commitment to God and His purposes will get pushed further and further off till you do no more than just attend church at best and that will become erratic. Because you're trying to sustain something that cannot be sustained in your flesh. Cannot. Try all you want. You're just going to become more and more weary. And then unless you're putting the pieces together, you're going to think the problem is it's just too much here. I'm just too busy here. I just got too much going on here. And a lot of times I've found that's not the issue at all. The issue is weariness has become your portion because of spiritual dullness. Because now you haven't sharpened the axe. You're having to work harder and you're spending even more energy. And you will no longer be able to function in the faith necessary. So you'll just back out, live life on your terms, and spend yourself on what you're stirred about. 
dangerous place to be. Problem is, if you don't deal with the issue of spiritual dullness, you're not going to avoid it. That's where you're going to end up. It's the inevitable progression. And the third area that's affected over time, and this is not for all, but it's certainly for some, you lose your salvation. This was the message to the Jews in Hebrews 2 verse 3 because they begin to have to make a decision because of the persecution about whether to go back to Judaism or stay put in Christianity. And so he says to them, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Well, that still rings true today. This is the concern that each person needs to have that not maintaining your salvation and living simply in status quo, spiritual dullness, you begin to neglect your salvation and for something you're going to end up losing it. You're going to end up losing your salvation. Matter of fact, here's the scarier part of it. Because you've lost your discernment, because now you have lived so long in the flesh, I'm not so sure you have the ability to discern your life and where you really stand with God. I'm not so sure you do. So it could even be possible that you're sitting here in church tonight, will say amen to everything I say, but you have a backslidden heart. You think about that. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you and see what happens. So let me then close with overcoming spiritual dullness. We must remember that life is all about sowing and reaping. Okay, Here's one of the basic principles of God's creation. Everything spiritually and physically, it's all about sowing and reaping. You plant, it grows. That's the way it works. This is true in everything from our actions, our words, our thoughts, and we can go on and on. This truth of sowing and reaping you're going to have to recognize your condition and make some radical decisions. You know, it, it's really a... I don't know if sad is the right word, but a sad place that we find a lot of Christianity today. Because people are doing everything. They're guarding themselves with all their might from becoming radical for Jesus. Where do you think that comes from? You know, status quo is one of the curses of Christianity today. Just keeping things the way they are. Well, that's certainly not biblical. We don't see that progression in the Bible. And status quo really doesn't mean you're just maintaining because there's no such thing because we understand the laws of life and we understand atrophy and all of that. But for the sake of making the connection, status quo, just keeping things the way that they are. Our text identifies the problem as a dull axe. And then it gives us the solution. Sharpen the axe. Now, as simple as that is, man, that was deep. And you say, yeah, God, sharpen the axe, man. But you still haven't sharpened the axe. You sit there, and you sit there, and you just stay dull. Sharpen the axe. 
take time out and sharpen the axe. This is what daily prayer and Bible reading is all about. I'm not going to embarrass anybody here because it probably would embarrass quite a few if I was to ask a raise of hands of those that don't pray every day. And a lot of hands would go up. And you say, well, I only miss one here and there. Well, I came to a revelation about myself a long time ago. <laughs> a day without prayer, and my carnal man wreaks havoc. You say, oh, that's you, but, you know, well, you're just so used to your carnal man having his way, you don't realize it anymore. Sharpen the edge. How do you get an appetite for the Word of God? You read it, and then you live it. But that's such a missing element of so many Christians' lives. Because we know it well enough. And when you were in your prime, you were reading it and consuming it and devouring it, and you still remember a lot of Scriptures, and you feel okay about that. I had a Jehovah Witness come to my door. Um, I don't know what day it was this week. And um, I was at home picking up some stuff. And I saw them in the street, so I figured I'd wait until they came to my door so my daughter didn't have to deal with them. And I was amazed. You know, I haven't dealt with a Jehovah Witness in years. I was amazed at how much I retained about the Jehovah Witnesses. Ah, the Word of God. Yeah, I still remember. But it's not fresh anymore. And it's not creating that cutting edge anymore and that inspiration. And then when you sit in church, all you do is pick it apart. And, yeah, I don't like that. No, yeah, that's okay. No, I don't like that. No, I don't agree. Ah, it's just opinion. And there we are. You must become alarmed. Listen, this is a, a deep statement. You must become alarmed the first sense of spiritual dullness you detect in your life. Alarmed. Because if you've been serving God for a while, you know where that's going to go. If you neglect that and don't sharpen that edge, you know where that's going to lead you. David's prayer must be our continual prayer in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Now, obviously, this prayer was after a major failure in his life. I pray and hope that you don't wait till it's a major failure to come to this place. This is Paul quoting Isaiah, as I read earlier, and Jesus quoted this in Acts 28 27 For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have become closed unless they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So he points out that the people's spiritual condition of dullness, he points it out and says that God can heal you from this condition. Not in the sense that we're going to lay hands tonight and God is going to heal you, but in the sense that you're going to deal with it head on, you're going to recognize your condition, you're going to make some radical decisions about it, and you're going to redirect your heart. So, so what we're dealing with an issue of our will. What do we really want in our Christian life? What do we really believe God wants from us? Because it's going to determine whether you're willing to make the radical decision tonight to turn back spiritual dullness and resharpen the edge. So I'm going to leave you with...
three things that need to be acted on. Three things. The first is to stir up the gift of God within you. Paul's words to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.6 Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God in you through the laying on of my hands. This is something you have to do. Nobody can do this for you. You have to make a decision about this. You're going to have to make a decision. And it's not going to be the only time you're going to have to make a decision about this. The Christian walk requires this as a frequent decision. Stir up again. It's the picture of a, a fire that's still got some embers, but there's really no flame. Still got enough heat, you could probably stick a marshmallow in there and roast it. You probably couldn't do a steak very well on it. So that means it's not a good fire. And so you start stirring it. And sometimes there's pieces of wood or all you have to do is throw one or two fresh pieces, stir it, and all of a sudden a little bit of the oxygen in the air, whoom, and you got a fire again. You stir up the gift of God that's in you. That there is certain action associated with stirring yourself up. Now, you stir yourself up. Hey! Hey! Your alarm just rang. It's time for prayer. Hey! Get up! It all begins to return to Jesus first. Prayer is a priority. God's Word being obeyed and decide that you're no longer going to remain in this spiritual condition. You know, when we were in the process of restoring our daughter, there was a period she was out of church for one year. No church at all. And so in that time, we got her all the CDs. You understand, when the person backslides and goes to the condition that some of our kids have gone, it's a deep condition. And one of the things that's been damaged in them is their ability to obviously prioritize God, their ability to push back on the world, but there's, there's something about the sacred that they've lost. Okay, So you got to understand, our time together is, is sacred. Okay, So one of the things that we presented to her and she just took it and did it was when we're in church you have your church meeting so that that's God's time and so she would we would leave the house she would have the CD she would have her prayer meeting she would listen to the CD she would have an altar call Sunday night would come she set that exact time aside when we're here and she would have a little worship service, play the piano or something, and then she would uh, uh, go into the sermon. And that's the way she lived for an entire year in our home. That had so much to do why she was able to turn this corner in her life because she put back in place the sacred where it belonged. You're going to have to make a decision about this. I'm no longer going to remain in this spiritual condition. It's not acceptable. The second thing that I want to leave with you needs to be acted on is break up the fallow ground. This, these are the words of Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah 4, 3 and 4. Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. 
circumcise yourself to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. So here's a call to deal with the areas of your life that have become excessively carnal and hardened. Now, it does us no good, although it doesn't mean we're not going to, often to point that out to you. Because unless you're willing to examine your own heart, that's just going to come off as an affront to you. That's just going to provoke you and tick you off. But God says, break up the fallow ground. That area of carnality and hardness that you've allowed to settle in. And this is done first through repentance, but also has a lot to do with how you attend to the preached Word of God in your life. I cannot overemphasize that point. The importance of of your ability to sit in church services week in and week out and absorb what God is saying and respond to it. But when we have fallow ground, we don't absorb any of it hardly. It's little bits and pieces. Every once in a while, God will break into your world. But, you know, I wish we could hit home runs like that all the time, but we don't as preachers. So you're going to have to make a decision about these areas of your life. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So here's the Word of God. Here's the power and the life of the Word of God. There's this element in God's Word that nothing else can do what God's Word can do. Nothing else. There are things that God can only accomplish in a church service through the preached, verbally preached Word of God, through a personality. Because it digs into your life, it... And the fallow ground is the heart that has learned to sit under the Word of God and not be affected due to the inability to hear spiritually due to your dull condition. You're going to have to make a decision about a response to the Word of God to break up the fallow ground in your life. And the last thing I want to leave you with that needs to be acted on is you must avoid idle living. Everyone needs a little downtime. Everyone needs some R&R sometimes. The problem with some is they've disconnected from the functions of the church. You're going to have to put two and two together when it comes to linking your spiritual problems with a lack of connection to the inner workings of God's church. You deal with that. Don't pitch it at my feet and give me all of your reasons to make you have to argue with you. You're going to have to put two and two together concerning your spiritual problems and your lack of connection with the inner workings of the church because there's too much idle living going on when it comes to how we function in God's church. You must contend to be involved beyond the pew. And it's becoming harder and harder to challenge that issue because the religious climate of our day, that they don't care. 
They don't care if they have a church full of people that do little to nothing. That's not their M.O. Everything we do involves you, God's people, being involved in God's church. But you're going to be less and less likely and willing to live at that level if you don't kick back on this dull spirit that you've encompassed and avoid idle living. And you're going to have to make some decisions about these things tonight. They're not just going to go away because a sermon was preached. Things will change when you decide they're going to change. And then they will change in very radical fashion and you will see a major turnaround. This is not rocket science. This is not so deep. It's over our heads, man. No, it's very simple. There are decisions we have to make about our spiritual condition and you have to start by being very honest based upon what the Word of God said tonight. Visit an altar with the intention I'm going to break through and sharpen the axe. How do you sharpen the axe? Do again the first works. That's how you sharpen the axe. It's not that hard. Initially it may be because you're so out of it and you're so unplugged and you're so deficient when it comes to spiritual things. But I'm telling you, if you'll make up your mind and say this is no longer a condition that I'm going to settle for in my life, you'll push back and God will get involved. and You'll begin to see a radical change in your life. Things will shift and some of that weariness you're feeling is linked to what I'm talking about. Not all of it. Some of it is linked to what I'm talking about. And God will help you tonight. But you have to make some decisions. And that's what this altar is about. I want you to bow your heads with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Before I go any further, I want to ask a question to those that are not Christians tonight. What are you waiting for? Jesus died for your sins. He rose again on the third day to purchase our freedom from sin. He's made all of the provision. There's a song we sing in our band. And one of the lions says, There's nothing more that God can do. You're going to have to choose. He's done everything He can do already. But tonight you're here because you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. God is waiting on you tonight. Do a miracle in your life. To put purpose in your life. To begin to lay structure and begin to mend what sin is torn apart and you're ready for that tonight. You're ready to repent. Turn to Jesus and allow the living God to to come inside of your life and change Give you a facelift in your life. That's what you need. You're ready for that tonight. You're not right with God. You're ready to get right. Lift your hand up so I can see. Just put it up high. I want to pray with you. Just a simple prayer to lead you to Christ tonight. This is your day. This is your moment. I remember sitting in a chair just like you. Feeling like I was all alone. Like all he's talking to is me because God was talking to me. Maybe you feel that way. I'll tell you, God is going to set you free if you respond. You're here. You're not right. You're ready to get right. You're ready to put away your sin. Break the curse. That loneliness. That hardness. That anger. That bitterness. That addiction. That jealousy. That envy. Whatever it is, it's got you bound. You're ready to give it to Jesus and surrender to God. Lift your hand up. God's ready to receive you right now. Lift your hand up. God is dealing with you. You're not right with Jesus. You're ready to get right. Who's going to come to Christ tonight? Simply lift your hand. Put it right up so I can see it. We're going to pray with you. You're backslidden. 
You know the love of God. And you know what you're missing. And you're missing it. And you're ready to come back to God. God's ready to receive you. Lift your hand up. God's dealing with you right now. You're ready to come back to Christ. Who's that? All across this place. You're not right with God. You're ready to get right with God tonight. You are living in a condition that cannot be healed except through Jesus. You can go ahead and take the pills they prescribe. You can go ahead and go to the psychiatrist once a week. You can go to whatever meetings you go to or involve yourself in whatever kind of lifestyle. There's only one thing that's going to heal your condition. is Jesus Christ. And God is waiting on you. Who's that? Lift your hand up. You're ready to come to Christ very quickly. And then we're going to move the order of the service. You're not right. You're ready to get right tonight. Lift your hand up. Okay, listen. In the moment we're going to come to this altar, this is a subject that every one of us has to face. There's not a one of us here that doesn't have a flesh nature. That means that this applies to all of us, some more than others. Some of you, you are in the deep mix of spiritual dullness. There's a lot of what I said. It may hit you right between the eyes. But I'm not so sure that that really wakes a person up. Because you get to a scary place to where you're not discerning anymore. Your appetites have gone so far to the flesh that it's just you, you feel okay. I mean, for him to have to tell the Laodicean church, you're, you're blind, you're naked, you're miserable. But yet they said, no, 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 we're good. We got money, we got things, we got stuff, got a good job, got a good future. That's scary. I'm relying on the Holy Ghost tonight to penetrate beyond that and make us realize that we cannot accept that condition. There's some things you're going to have to do and some decisions you're going to need to make tonight. Don't keep waiting on God to visit you. No, make a decision and God will meet with you in that decision. We're going to take time at this altar tonight. And I'm going to ask you right now to stand to your feet. And God is speaking to you. I want you to respond by coming out of your chair and making a place at this altar. That is step one to the decision tonight. You need to talk to God at this altar. That is step two. And you need to walk away from this altar and do what you're telling God. That is step three. And you'll begin to find restoration. Listen, you don't have to do backflips and jump through hoops for God to to help you. All you have to do is be honest. But you're going to have to change some of the habits and the priorities of your life. There's no other way around this. And some of you are afflicted by this heavy spirit of weariness. And, and I want you to at least consider that it could be linked to this spiritual dullness. And you're just wearing yourself out with that dull edge, sharpen it again. You watch what God will do. You watch the miracle of God's intervention and all of a sudden faith comes back to life. All of a sudden you're stirred again with a real Holy Ghost stirring. All of a sudden you're reading the Word of God and you can't get enough of it again. And then you sit in church and it's revolutionary. God is here to help you tonight. Press into Jesus as we sing a song of worship and allow the ministry of the Holy Ghost.
our hearts tonight, Lord. Have access. God, bring cleansing and sanctifying. Oh, thank you, Lord. God, reach down at this altar right now. God, make a shift and a deposit in lives. God, break the yoke. Oh, as we touch heaven, breaking up the fallow ground, oh God. Oh, you need to touch heaven tonight. It's going to be revolutionary. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Rebecca, Alabasi, Alabaku. He Alamandi, BCB, Alamakundo Roche. Oh, we thank you, God, for that refining fire of the furnace upon our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a Holy Ghost element here tonight. You need to touch heaven. Give access to God tonight. Make a decision. A clear, resounding decision. This condition is no longer acceptable. Stop making excuses. Stop making theologies for it. Stop justifying it. Stop blaming people. And make a decision. And see what God will do. We're going to sing it one more time through. Oh God, have access tonight. Cleanse me from the Oh, God, do that work that we cannot do, Father. Have access to God, ignite the prayer place once again. God, stir our appetite for your word. Holy Miri Alamando Roko Yorose. My heart's one desire is to be. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God, we want to be holy. Set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. Holy, Alamandi, BCB, Alamandi, Roshi. Set apart for you, my master. I'm ready to do your will. Well, why don't you stand right where you're at at the altar? Thank God. Amen. He needs access tonight. Every person here is going to have their bout with what I'm talking about. You've got to detect it early. This is the key. Detect it early and push back on it. You know when it's slipping into your life and it's beginning to dull. And you know when you're backing off the Word of God. You know when you're backing off of real contending in prayer. You know when you're dulling in your witness. I mean, you know. Unless you're a brand new Christian and you're just new to this fight and we can help you with that. But listen, a decision tonight. A radical, line-drawing decision in your life. And all of a sudden, just that simple, yes. And God just invades. Tomorrow morning where maybe you haven't gotten up in weeks. You're going to get up and pray. 
And maybe you used to be at an hour. Well, now you may be pressing to get 15 minutes. That's all right. But you're going to get up tomorrow and you're going to pray for 15 minutes. And you're going to leave time to read the Word of God, a chapter or two. And, and you're going to begin to reinvest yourself in the things that God's called you to. And you're going to deal with some things God's showing you are idols in your life. They're time wasters. They're okay in their place, but you've given way too much room. And, and they every time you can have a Holy Ghost prayer meeting and you go off and indulge so much, it just takes away everything you did. Make a decision. Amen. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Pray with me, Lord God in heaven. God, I go on record tonight. I've heard your word. It's true of me. And I'm going to make a decision right now that this spiritual condition of dullness is no longer acceptable. Status quo is no longer acceptable. And God, I will read your word and I will give you time in prayer. And I'm sorry for these sins of omission. And tonight I'm going on record before heaven. This is going to change starting tonight. I thank you for your abundant mercy and your long suffering towards me. God, hear my prayer tonight in Jesus name. Begin to worship God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, my God, we thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God tonight. He's heard our prayer. God is going to move. He's going to be waiting for you in the prayer place in the morning. Amen. We're going to bow our heads. Don't forget, a very big weekend on hand. Spanish service tomorrow with Pastor Renee Barra. Friday night Bible studies, youth going on a street meeting. Please come prepared for that. Bring money. We'll be eating out. Saturday morning, we need some extra people to help us on the outreach in the morning. And then Edge, Saturday night, back in church Sunday, Pastor Stevens preaching.